Welcome friends. I'm so glad you're here with me today. My name is Melanie Salty and this is the Only One Thing podcast. And today is a bit of a different day. We have our very first guest interview. I was so grateful to have a conversation with Christy Thomas. Christy Thomas is the mom of three boys and she's currently homeschooling them. She was the children's ministry director at her church for over 10 years, and she now works from home through her website, Little Shoots, Deep Roots, and she has so many great resources for families there. Christy is the author of multiple books, including Quinn's Promise Rock and the Mother and Son Prayer Journal. Now, here at the Only One Thing podcast, my vision, my mission is to create space for all of us to sit at the feet of Jesus to encounter him through his word. And Christy and I will talk about it in our conversation. Sometimes I have an easier time with a private faith that wants to sit at the feet of Jesus when I have quiet moments or when I can sneak away from what's going on in the house or maybe while I'm driving around doing errands and I'm privately communing with God and listening for his voice. And and so as parents, what does it look like for us to create space, not just for ourselves to encounter God and to remember God throughout the day, but what does it mean to create space for us to remember God and to listen for God and to listen to his word together as a family? And so today's conversation is about that. It's about what it means to create space together, to listen for God together and to remember God together. It's also about Christie's new book, Fruitful, which is a devotional that I and my husband are walking through with our kids right now. And it is so valuable as she helps us understand the fruit of the spirit, not as a to-do list, but as fruit that grows out of being with Jesus. But you'll hear more about that in our conversation. I don't want to give too much away. To find more of Christie's resources, check out littleshootsdeeproots.com. She's got so much good stuff for you there. But now, my conversation with Christy. Christy, thank you so much for being on the Only One Thing podcast. You were my first guest, so yay, this yay, is awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, we're just going to dive right in because I am really excited about your new book, and I just want to hear you talk to us about it and tell us all about it. So um, first of all, tell us about your book, Fruitful, 100 Family Experiences for Growing in the Fruit of the Spirit. What made you decide to write a book for families about the fruits of the Spirit? Okay, so this comes back to my children's ministry days where we use the fruit of the Spirit quite regularly. And then after a while, I started thinking, is this, does this even make any sense the way that we're presenting it? So it's actually quite an abstract concept, you know, for young kids, and they don't they don't understand similes and metaphors, which is what the fruit of the spirit is. Yeah, they don't start yeah. thinking abstractly until you know preteens, maybe a little earlier. And we love sharing this idea because it gives us really fun visuals. We like to dress up like fruit, and we love to label fruit with words. <laughs> yeah. so it does look end, great. Yeah, I mean, it looks great, right? But in the end, most of the curriculum I used in Sunday school created two problems. One, it confused kids. Because they're thinking concretely, they can't figure out right. what peach has to do with peach. Like that's an actual craft I saw the other day, and I thought this is makes no it's, sense. It's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> exactly. And then because it's confusing, it's so easy to just turn it into a moral lesson for kids. Right. We end up giving le- giving them legalism instead of the gospel because we're not mm. really sure how to explain this abstract concept to kids. It's so fun, but we're not. It, we don't know how to do it well. Yeah. So, um, right. Tell me more about what you mean when you say like a moral concept versus the gospel. Like what, what's the, 
What's the difference between those two? Oh, sometimes it's like almost like splitting hairs. <laughs> but the difference I would say is between this try hard faith, like, okay, I got to try harder right. to be self-controlled. I got to try harder to be patient. Do better. Because that's what God wants me to do. And it makes Jesus sad if I don't act right. in a certain way. Whereas the gospel, I mean, Jesus came because we fail at all those things all the time. That is exactly what the law is for. It's to show us that we can't do it. That's and right. then Jesus came to, you know, to show his forgiveness for us, to create that way for us. And then through his resurrection, he proved that that was a done deal that, you know, God is like, yeah, accept this. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. he sends the Holy Spirit to help us in that. So sometimes, right. like I said, sometimes it's a little bit like splitting hairs because after, you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we want to be growing in self-control yes, and, of in peace yeah. and patience. But it's, it comes out of, it's a fruit, right? It's not rules. Yes. It comes out of, it's a fruit of this relationship that we're building with Christ and that he's building mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. Um, so it's, when you think about your garden, you know, you have a tomato plant and you're the one who's fertilizing it and, um, and you're weeding it and stuff, but is, are you actually making that plant grow? Can you force it to grow? Right. No, yeah. It's the sun no. that's making the plant grow. So yes, there's an element of our agency in that, and that we need right. to be doing something. <laughs> yes. But yeah. It, that's but right. There's action. God. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of the whole idea of the metaphor behind the fruit is that it's actually God that's doing the work. And Jesus, you know, he calls himself the living water, which is something that plants need, and he calls himself the light of the world, which is also something that plants need to grow. So yeah, I love are, that. With the living water, we are with the light of the world. That's when the, these fruits of the spirit start to grow in us. And yeah, we do have to practice them, right? It does. It's not like God's like, okay, magically you're patient. Yeah, now. <laughs> no, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I know it's very unfortunate. <laughs> I know it does take work and practice, and um, I just, but I think that's so critical. Like, so we're reading through this with our family right now, and that's one thing I so appreciate about your. Uh, the way you run at the fruits of the spirit is that it's not a do better, try harder, be more patient. It's no, let's connect to Jesus, who is the light of the world, who is the living water. And then the fruit grows out of that. So I really appreciate the way that you came at the fruit of the spirit in a way that I don't think I've heard of before, which Mm -hmm. is interesting, right? Um, I think you're right. I think often we just want to make it a moral, just do better. These are the things you need to do. So if you act like this, then you're spiritual or filled with the spirit. But yeah, exactly. We can't really be, you know, more loving people or more kind people no. until we actually have that inner heart transformation, which is what right. God does. We can't force that even in ourselves. Why do you think a devotional about the fruit of the spirit is important for families as they walk through that together? Why Why is it so important to talk about the fruit of the spirit? Well, it is. I do still love the concept, obviously, even though yeah, we of course. do it in a you know truly moralistic or confusing way for kids. I think it is important for kids to know these are the marks of a Christian. And, you know, mm. and one of the devotions I actually say, like, if you were to look at somebody, how would you guess that they're a Christian? Is it because they don't drink? Is it because right. they uh, go to church on Sundays? Are those the marks of a true Christian, or mm. or is it something else? Is it somebody right. that's growing in these fruits? So. Those are the things we can be looking for in our lives and the things that I've seen in my children's lives as well. Mm. Um, I really just want families to take away that there's this 
this balance too between trying to be better and remembering that it's Christ in me. So I was actually listening to a book the other day and she explained it really well. She said, you know, on one end of this spectrum, we have like the striving, striving Sally, right? Who's just trying to do it all. The other end, we have passive Patty (laughs) (laughs) doing nothing and just being like, okay, God, do with me. Like my husband was talking about the other day, like just teachers who would get together just to pray for their kids, but then mm-hmm. would never actually take the steps that God wanted them to take. To actually oh, I see. Kids. It's like, you know, the difference between seeing somebody on the street who's um, hungry and saying yeah. and praying for them and actually getting out of the car and doing something for them. Right. Right. Like following so, the prompts of the spirit to act yes, in these right. ways. Yeah. I'm sure that I am always erring on one side or the other, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think what you're saying is so true to, to do it together as families. And I wonder um, if I'm curious once this book has been out in the world for a while, if you'll get some feedback, just what kind of feedback you get of even families doing this together. And mm-hmm. I know even our kids, um, the language that they're using, even in the last two weeks has changed. Like we were yeah. heading into school and Evie was praying before school and she said, God, just give me self-control, like help me be self-controlled because you're with me. And I thought, whoa, okay, this is totally convicting me. Yeah. And so I think to do it together as families is such a gift. I think often, I don't know, for our family, we just started doing devotions together and having those conversations together. And one thing I really appreciate about your book is that you treat kids like they have something important to say. Um, And you ask real questions that I have, you know, I'm challenged to answer and they answer and it just it builds us up together to do it as a family and so I guess that's even my plug to encourage whoever's listening to um to try doing it might seem like oh supper time's crazy or whenever you might think about doing devotions is crazy and nothing gets in their heads anyway but there is something really valuable about doing it together um and something that challenges you as an adult and also them as kids um actually speaking of kids and adults. Who is this devotional for? Is it geared towards a certain age or a certain demographic? Um, Tell me more about who it's for. Well, it's definitely going to be for Christian families (laughs) because you're not going to grow in the fruit of the spirit if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, right? Right. Um, If you're just pretending to be a Christian or, you know, seeking, I suppose. I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't read the book and glean something from it if you're not a Christian, but anyway, definitely for Christians. (laughs) It's geared geared for that. Yep. When I was writing it, I was really keeping in mind your kind of mid-elementary age. Okay. So I always write, how do I say this? Like I write, I use language that appeals to a child, but I don't mm-hmm. use concepts that necessarily are like only kid-friendly. Yeah. So I try I, to make it like I appreciate deep that. Yeah. thoughtful, but in using language that a kid can understand. And that's actually not as hard as it sounds. You just take the big words that you would naturally use and you would turn them into small words. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, And then you add like a little bit of humor. It's like, it's like a recipe. (laughs) Smaller words, some humor. The humor. Our kids really appreciate the humor. I forget. There was something in one of the first ones about tomatoes spewing out things. Anyway, our kids really appreciated the the humor. (laughs) So I, I mean, technically the writing is for elementary age kids, but you can I think you can engage a younger kid because we're talking about seeing the fruits of the spirit in Jesus and not so much metaphorically, then I think it becomes more practical and more understandable for younger kids. And then you could use them with older kids too. Like you said, I intentionally wrote the discussion questions so that a five-year-old could answer in their own way, but an adult would also be challenged to think about this and answer in their own way. 
those are the kind of discussion questions I like the ones that actually get you talking and not like okay so what are this nine fruits of the spirit <laughs> no I the discussion questions have been incredible and I just, I just really appreciate that they it's it's challenging for me and for them and so I would I would be give uh, testimony to the fact that yeah it seems our youngest well our youngest is is a year old and so he just yeah. kind of hangs out but our yeah. next oldest is four and she's totally grabbing onto it and then our mm-hmm. seven-year-old is grabbing onto it and I am too so I just I really mm-hmm. appreciate the the breadth of it yeah, I guess you kind of answered the question of like any age kid can participate. What if we have a family who's got older teenagers? Is this going to be for them or is this going to feel not quite the right fit? Um, can it be adapted? Mm-hmm. Like what, what would you think about that? Do you work with kind of te- – you almost have a teenager in your house. Almost. So I know. maybe I that will change some of your writing. I don't know. but It might. Uh, yeah. I really think it depends on who else you have in your family and the kind of right. kids that you have, right? I know of people who are using it with like 14 and 16-year-olds, but they are, you know, homeschool families and they're used to doing this kind of stuff together right. with their kids. If you're like, you've got a 16-year-old and you've never done something like this before, your 16-year-old is going to be like, why did you pick a kid's book, mom? <laughs> right. Maybe like aim, aim up a bit. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like I said, it just depends. If you have younger kids plus a teenager, the teenager could be kind of conscripted to help lead it too like why don't you read it and start the discussion I find that often is really helpful when you have older kids oh that's a great idea yeah yeah I'm just so thankful that you wrote this book it has come at a great time for us and I'm 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 grateful so thank you for writing it um yeah thank god so, for that. <laughs> yeah I, I just it's, it's neat it's neat to hear that it's been a long time in the making and just the timing of it and here we are and the right mm-hmm. season for it so just kind of zooming out a little bit so at my podcast, the only one thing podcast, my hope is always to create space for people to encounter God in the middle of their real life. And we often do that through scripture. Um, but I wanted to ask you, cause you've given a lot of your life. And I think I would assume your passion is to create space for kids to encounter God together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you have a, some history in children's ministry and now with the work you're doing with other families, why do you think it matters to create space with our kids to encounter God together? Uh, partly it's, you know, comes from my person, my, you know, my own experiences. I knew that my parents were Christians, but mm. they didn't. And I longed for that. I wanted mm. to talk about God with my family. I wanted to, right. I actually, when I was in high school, I created an Advent candle wreath and tried to get my family to do it with me. Oh. I think they might have. But so That's I was awesome. the one who was like, come on, like, I want this. And so I like, my parents are awesome and they brought me to church and all the things, but I yeah. wanted more from my family. And so, right. because, you know, God is important to me. I, you know, mm-hmm. our kids need to know that this is something our family values, that God is yeah. um, real in our lives, that right. he's relevant. And, you yeah. know, when we value something highly, we are going to spend our time and money on it. So some, you know, my parents would say, we did spend our time on it. We brought you to church and we yeah. brought you to pioneer girls and like, yeah, all, all the, the things. things. Yeah. But um, for me, I think I, I just really value being together as a family as well. I mean, I started homeschooling a couple of years ago because yeah. that's a value for me too. But I don't think you have to be a homeschooler in order for this to, to work for you. <laughs> okay, good. Because I'm not homeschooling right now. So, yeah. Well, and I, I kind of figured out all these rhythms before we started homeschooling. My right. oldest was in grade five when we started that. So we had okay. already had five years of public school before. Right, yeah. Happened. 
you mentioned rhythms. Can you mm-hmm. give us like a little insight into like what is creating space to encounter God look like in your home? Like what are those rhythms that you're talking about or what are the maybe the practical things that you guys do to remember God together? Sure. And it's important to remember that this is, like you said, this is what's happening in my home. Yeah, exactly. We look at each other and we're like, oh, I'm not doing that. I must right. be like a mom. Or we you know, look at somebody else and say, oh, I'm failing or, right. but this is, this is what's happening in my home. You need to talk to God about how this fits in your home. Right. So obviously yeah. our non-negotiables are reading the Bible and praying, but how that actually looks right. is different. So in our home, it's a great we, point. We have something we call Bible and breakfast. <laughs> where okay. We, cool. We read the Bible together. So we recently, we read Daniel together. Not all of it. We didn't read the apocalyptic stuff. <laughs> but we, okay, uh, wow, we read, Daniel, that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> we read one to six, you know, which okay. is like the story. We go. Yeah, but we yeah. actually like read it from the Bible. Okay. We've been doing for cool. several years now. And then um, well, actually this week, so we're starting fruitful with our with my membership site next week. So I haven't actually started it with my kids yet. So in the kind of couple weeks in between, I invited them to to share something. So one of them brought this yeah. like Bible board game. <laughs> we did one okay, morning cool. and, and yeah. another one had pulled a devotion from a book that he's been reading. Okay, so, cool. um, so we just have this space in the mornings, which actually I started with back when my kids were in public school it was shorter when they were in yeah. school because we were right. not really morning people, but we did, <laughs> we, we did like, we were reading a really short devotional called thoughts to make your heart sing by Sally. Okay. Jones. They're like 30 seconds. They're so short. Awesome. I love that. And so that was kind of, kind of how we got started with that was just by starting with something really short. And then, cool. you know, at, at bedtime, I'll, you know, read something with the kids or talk about what they're reading or, and pray with them kind of on an individual level instead right. of a group level. And then it just yeah. kind of gets peppered in through our days. But the, I mean, those are kind of our non-negotiable touch points, right? right. Like we, I want to yeah. make space, like you said, making space because yeah. it doesn't naturally happen. For a no. lot of people, like for some people, they just like talk about God, like, woo, like God is in everything. Like there was this right. thing on Instagram, like, if you don't want to talk about God, don't ask me anything. <laughs> like, okay. But for me, it wasn't like that natural of a thing right. to talk about yeah. God. I, have, I had a very private faith for a long time. Right. So for me, I really needed to have these like touch points in the day when, okay, now we're going to talk about this, not as a checkbox thing, but just to be like, okay, this is something we value. And then yeah, it matters. Things come up later. The other yesterday, my son had a really big, like plastic egg, and he okay. drew a picture on it. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, what's that picture?" And he's like, "Oh, it's the Israelites walking through the Red Sea." Like of all the things you could have drawn, Great. I love that's it. That's what you're drawing. That's what's on your mind. Yeah, that's, that's cool. what's what's in your brain right now. Yeah, and I think what you're saying that's it's not a checklist. It's not a to do thing, but creating space, kind of creates these other moments of remembering God, right? Like it kind of, yeah, yeah, it's this intentional space where we remember God together, we encounter God together. And then, yeah, you'll have these other snippets throughout the day because it's on their mind. And so I think that's just, it's beautiful. It's it's very cool. And I, I love like what you were saying, so true, just because what you're doing looks like that doesn't mean it has to look like that in someone else's home. But just to maybe ask yourself the question, okay, if, if, my faith matters to me. And if I want it, you know, if, if, if we say it matters to us as a family, what could that look like? And even praying about Mm -hmm. that as a family and saying, okay, God, like what are the things you want us to be doing or how do you want us to be intentional in our day? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, I think, I don't know, I think it's easy. 
even for me as a parent to have a private faith and just be like, mm-hmm. okay, it's me and God and I'm going to do my thing, but to invite our kids into this mm-hmm. faith and and even being honest with them about, I mean, this is another tangent, but like being honest with them about when we struggle with things or when things are hard or when we're praying for certain things or um, just kind of learning that language together to, mm-hmm. to have these natural points in the day. Um, okay. I have, I have this curiosity. So you said fruitful, you're going to start doing that with your kids next week. But mm-hmm. as you were building the book, cause there's so many family experiences in it. Were your kids part of, did they do experiments with you? Did they try things out? Did you like test stuff out on them? Um, or how did you get the ideas for gathering like a hundred family experiences together? What was the process behind that? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to call them experiences. I wasn't going to call them devotions, but I got a voted on that. On the okay. End. <laughs> okay. Nice. But I did, you know, they usually, most of them come out of my brain and then okay. I test them out all on my children. So like every one of them, I read to at least one of my kids. I mean, I had to crank them up pretty fast for this one. So I didn't get okay. to read all of them with every kid, but I would. Right. I, they all got read to a child so that I could see the reactions. And then um, a lot of yeah. the, the hands-on activities that you can pair with the devotions. Yeah. Um, a lot of those come from things that we have done that I've seen my kids enjoy or other people's right. kids enjoy. So those are just kind of fun additions you can add. I was yeah, actually going to put that. those at the bottom of each devotion, but then we decided, you know what, that's just too much. It's going to feel too complicated for families. So we put them at the beginning of each section so that on the days when you're like, oh, I have a little extra time. I want to do something. Right. You can flip over and be like, oh, let's make up a song about this or let's play this little game or whatever. Right. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I just assumed when I got the book, I opened it assuming that each devotion would have kind of this thing. But I appreciated that it was like a storehouse at the beginning of mm-hmm. that you can just pull from when you at different points of the day or when you're doing different things. So I think that's really, that's really great. Um, are your kids usually the ones like you, you kind of try things out with them and then see if it works and then it comes out to the world. Is that kind of how it goes in your house? <laughs> oh yes. They have been my guinea pigs. Many yes. Times. I believe. And it. actually awesome. sometimes they have given me some really good ideas. There's one devotion okay. like, later on. I think it's in like patience or self-control or something okay. where I talk about Jesus in the garden in Gethsemane, which is like an, an olive garden, right? And yeah. one of my kids says, oh man, I would put like an olive up their nose because they're being so rude by like falling asleep while I'm trying to pray. And, then, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm using that. <laughs> I love <laughs> or it. Somebody said something about like throwing a sock at them, throwing a sock yeah, at yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I just love it. Just kid friendly things like that. Sometimes those come from my kids too. Oh, I love that. I mean, it just, it connects with kids right away. Cause they're like, this is how I think. This is what I would yeah, do. Cause it actually came from a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause we just don't, yeah. That seems to leave us eventually. Um, okay. I have a few just last thoughts that I wanted to, to touch base with you on, but mm-hmm. so Lent and Easter are coming. I mean, I was walking mm-hmm. through Costco the other day and all the Easter stuff is out already, which no. is feels crazy, but I mean, it's just Valentine's now. Um, so Lent and Easter are coming. Um, and these are times in the church calendar. Um, for some of you listening, you might be really familiar with Lent and what that looks like. Um, some might not be as much, but it's a time in the church calendar where creating space to encounter God is taken on more intentionally. Often people will fast, um, from food or from other things to create space to connect with God and meet with God. So I was really interested by the fact that in your book, you included instructions on how 
the book could be used for Easter and even through Lent. And so I just wondered if you could explain that if someone's picking it up and wants to kind of start this in the Lent season, what mm-hmm. take us on a little guide through that, how that looks and what and and why maybe you um, thought that would be an appropriate time to kind of walk through the book. Well, okay. So partly it's because sometimes a hundred devotions can feel a little overwhelming. You think, oh, I'm yes. never going to get through all that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And also because as I was going through, I was thinking, oh, there's these there's all these moments from the life of Jesus, mm. but then there's a, quite a few specific moments. Like we have a lot in the gospels about Jesus last week. Um, let me before, not his last, last week, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, there's a, week. there's a lot of space for yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where yeah. he's coming in on the donkey and yeah. he's washing his disciples feet and having the last supper with his, yeah, there's so much on the there, crucifixion right. and the resurrection. Um, so I wanted to have a kind of a specific place where you could find those things. So all those, the one, so there's three on love okay. from that period in Jesus' life. Like, how does okay. he show love in this time? How does he show gentleness during this That's time? Cool. So if you go to the last three devotions in each section, except the first one, which is like an overview, right. you'll find devotions that are specifically about the death and the resurrection of right. Jesus. That like last the, week of Jesus. Yeah, that last bit. Okay. Yeah. So then you can really focus on that. So there would be 27 of those. And then if you wanted to expand that, you could use like the, the introductory, I would use like the first 10. Yes. Which are kind of introduce the, how the, you fruit know, of the, spirit. the fruit of the spirit and what they right. are and why we want to grow in them. And yeah. Right. Is. Um, and then, so use the first 10 and then go to the last three of each of those sections and use them during Easter. I so, that. I mean, you are skipping over big chunks of Jesus life <laughs> that yeah. I think are important, right? Sometimes yes. you focus too much on on the death and the resurrection, which right. is why I included a lot of things from his life too, and the parables and the teachings and the thing, the miracles. But right. um, if you really wanted to just kind of start there, that would be a great place to start. It's kind of like a mini, a, a book. Yeah. It <laughs> feels a bit more, yeah, like you, approachable, I guess. Yeah. You can grab onto it. Yeah. Was, um, I guess your inspiration for Fruits of the Spirit, was it, was it primarily, so we are only in the overview section still because we just started last week. So I haven't gotten <laughs> to the specific ones. Was it, primarily all pulled from the life of Jesus. Is that kind of where you, you -hmm. pulled um, inspiration or kind of your direction from was the life of Jesus? Yeah. So what I I said, I was thinking to myself, you know, if the fruit of the spirit is God spirit working in us, then the person on earth who should most exhibit all the fruits of the spirit is Jesus. Now, some of them were Mm. a little tricky to see in the gospels because we don't have, you know, things saying, and Jesus grinned. (laughs) Right. So we don't hear him laughing or grinning, but we do right. see him at parties and people criticizing him for going all to, to going or sorry, for going to all these parties. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. So some of them are a little trickier to see, but um, yeah. Which one yeah. was the most difficult to to spot? Uh, it was the joy one. That one it was, was hard. Joy. Like, okay. I feel like we often have this image in our minds of Jesus being like stoic and kind so true compassionate and bleeding heart but not like the life of the party right so actually that i have really appreciated the chosen for that i don't know if you've been watching that at yes so good jesus as like having a great wit for one thing like yes makes sense and (laughs) and that's the part that i love most about how they've characterized him as being smart and funny yeah. and witty and and, and enjoyable are, to be around and yes exactly yeah, people yeah. are drawn to him which makes sense people wanted to bring their children to him children wanted right. to be with him like yeah if people don't 
our children don't really like going to people who are grumpy. <laughs> it's true. I think that maybe that when you were saying the joy, I think that's the the piece that is the greatest testimony of his joy, I guess, is that kids loved him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And he loved kids. And I just I feel like if you're if kids love you, you're probably you got some sort of joy thing going on. Cause you're right. They don't want to hang out with people that are grumpy all the time. No. We're in our last few moments here. I was just wondering if if you would have a word of encouragement to parents out there who maybe want to start a devotional, and we talked about this a little bit before about what it means to create space in your home together to encounter God, but maybe they're like, yeah, I want to do this, but I feel so ill-equipped. Like, how do I start? What does this look like? Um, how could Fruitful help? And do you have other resources that could help parents that are kind of feeling like, yeah, we value this. I want to do this, but I have no idea where to start. So mm, what would you is- say to a parent that's feeling that way? <laughs> that is exactly what so many other parents say too. So first of okay. all, I would say you are not alone. Mm. <laughs> a lot of us want to do this and didn't really know where to start because maybe yeah. even if we grew up in the church, we grew up in the church and not yes. you know talking about these things at home. So That's it so can true. feel intimidating. Yeah. So you're not alone. I would just say start with something small. You know, habit mm. science tells us that the easier something is, the less motivation we need to do it. So if something's yes. really easy, like picking up my phone to look at Instagram, I don't need much motivation to do it. No. If something's yeah. really hard, like doing a hundred pushups, I need a lot of motivation. Yeah. So yes. start with something small and easy and short and fun. And so that's where I think that fruitful can come in. Your kids are not going to be like, oh, I hope anyway. Yeah, oh, no. Maybe you have to do that again. Because when yeah. when your kids are into it and it's, you know, okay, is this just going to take us a few minutes? It's yeah. so much easier to get in. And then it starts to become a habit when it's yeah. something that's really easy. So um, right. I do actually have some resources on my website because this is what I've spent quite a bit of time talking about. Um, yeah. it's, my website is called Little Shoots Deep Roots because I really believe it's those little habits, those little touch points throughout your day. Right make a huge difference. And I have a resource right on my homepage. Okay. It's called the Start Little Guide where you can download that. It's basically just if you want to, you know, start reading a devotion with your kids or start right. praying with your kids. Here are some really little simple ideas to get you started that will help you get that as a habit into your life and make it feel right. a little bit more natural. And then you start to deepen those things later. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I so appreciate just all the energy and the work that you've poured into creating resources for parents and families to do this together. I just think that's awesome. So I just want to say thank you for hanging out with me today and chatting with me about your book and just about what it means to create space um, together as a family to encounter God. And I'm so thankful for the work that you do. Thanks so much for having me. This has been fun talking with you. It has been great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me here today. You can find me on Instagram at melanie.e.salty or on my website at melaniesalty.com. I would love to connect with you.